0: When you look back over your life, you never think that you should be or can be where you are right now. For some people, it's a blessing. For some people, it's a curse. But as for me, I would have never thought that I'd be where I am right now. I count it all joy in spite of all obstacles, adversities, and difficulties, yet here we are, right now, speaking into the lives of others. I count it as a blessing. Hey, what's up everybody? You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host, and we'll be taking you through plenty of taboo topics, that men deal with on a daily basis. We're gonna go through, listen, and deal with all these things together. I know I've gotta heal, and I'm sure you have to heal too, or a man in your life needs to heal. Stay tuned, fasten your seatbelt, hold on, here we go. Welcome back to I'm Dealing With, I'm Sean, your host. Hey, so much has happened as it always is the way it goes with a lot of things going on i mean uh you guys haven't heard your nancy pelosi um supporting joe biden you know a lot of interesting news going on out there i'm sure a lot of people are digging as um, everybody's at home working so yeah there's plenty of news out there going on but the focus it's not about all the news. Let's talk about us, us men. Let's talk about us. You know, um, we go through a lot of issues, don't we? Man, I tell you, even a, right now in this day and time with whatever going on with the pandemic and all the different things, we're working from home. You're going. Uh, now you have the kids at home, the children. So either they're being homeschooled or they're teenagers or they're eating up everything. And, you know, you're tired of going to the store. You know, that's just what that is. They're tearing up all the Kool-Aid, going through the Sunny D. They're going through your, your Lipton, your favorite stuff. And you're getting that last, uh, uh, that last little drop right in the back of that bottle. You know, don't even ask me how I know. I know, too. Because not only that, with the milk is going through like crazy. They're just running through it, running through it, right? Between the cereals going out. Your bread's running out, you know, maybe 10,000 sandwiches. It's just what it is. So, again, it's just a lot of challenges, right, with being home, man. I, I know uh, it's just what it is. And, if, of course, if you don't have children, then you are just uh, uh, <laughs> probably working on your own projects. Oh, you might be out there TikToking, <laughs> you know, like some of the young guys as well as the older ones, you know, out there TikToking, Facebooking, on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn, because, you know, that's also a different type of medium now It's not just for corporate society anymore. A lot of things. And with projects, I mean, shoot, if you're not working on your car or doing a YouTube filming things. I know some of you guys out there probably flying drones. I know you are because I see them on YouTube all the time. You're out there flying drones, going into downtown somewhere and showing the empty streets. I see it all the time. So nobody can tell me that it's not happening. I know it's happening. But once again, these are all the different things that are just kind of going on because, you know, we're at home, you know, you're, you're working from home. In some cases, for those that are able to kind of set their hours to a certain point, you know, for some, it was working out for them because they have that commute away from uh, going, you know, if they were to physically go into work. Someone had that 45 minute commute one way, that hour commute, hour and 30 minute commute one way. And then now they're just like, man, you know, if I can just if I'm working from home and again, I'm just talking to the ones that are actually working from home. They're saving on that gas money, that back and forth, the wear and tear in the vehicle. So they're actually making money and making money, you know, so they're making money twice. So it's interesting with everything that's going on, you know, out there. I mean, I just hope my prayer is that everybody's out there being safe and trying to follow the orders as much as possible. So, again, everybody can just be safe. You know, we don't need any more um, outrageous uh, outbreaks and uh, people getting infected and, and things of that sort. So just make sure you guys are following all the proper pro- uh, Excuse me, protocols with the washing, the sanitizing. You know, just go above and beyond. Go above and beyond, because at the end of the day, it's about making sure not only are you safe, but also the ones that are around you. You want to keep them safe as well. But it all starts with you as an individual. So just make sure you're double checking, triple checking, you know, again, you know, measure twice, cut once, right? Let's just make sure we're doing all the proper things. All right, so we've we've um dived into quite a few issues going through. I've talked about plenty of things dealing with um me as an adult talked about some uh, more faith-based things. And, um, you know, one of the things that I know that, um, you know, I've dealt with not just in school, but one of the things is, uh, you know, I've had to deal with and get over is to know that you're not a failure, to know that you're not a failure. You know, and it's tough because many people, you know, and what I mean by many people, I'm talking about men. And what I mean by men, um as in you were born a boy, okay? Men. Where regardless of your what your age is, whether you're a teenager, a young man in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, an older man, senior man, <clears throat> we go through these a crisis is in our life and we feel that we've missed out on opportunities. Sometimes the opportunities are, uh, involve family. Sometimes these opportunities involve relationships. And other times it's faith-based. Sometimes it's um, relationship as far as corporately, that networking. We've missed out on clients. Maybe an opportunity in business or starting your business. Hey, I'm 60 years old. And I can't do it anymore. You know, I'm, I'm 35 now and, you know, I, it's too late for me to have children or whatever that is. There's always something. And you feel as though sometimes you miss out on opportunities. And um, I know for me um, and sometimes in, when you're dealing with these failures, you go through um, these personal remedies. And in these personal remedies, it might be smoking, it may be drugs, alcohol, sex addiction, addiction, pornography, um, lack of self-esteem. Um, sometimes even the thought of committing suicide. Um, a lot of things go on when. You go through the thought of feeling as though that you're a failure. And the reason why I say that is because there's been plenty of times in my life that I've thought that I have thought that I have failed at something or a thing or many things. And many times when you do, when you feel that way, You tend to get, um, again, depressed, you go into anger, you go into a bunch of different things as an individual. And each person handles the possibility of feeling like a failure in different ways. Not all of us handle it the same way. And I'm just talking about, you know, the men, not all of us feel the same way. Some, we act out, we go shopping and we call it a midlife crisis, you know, for some people, midlife crisis. You know, midlife for some people is in their 40s, some people midlife crisis in their 50s. But it all goes through because we felt like we missed out on something somewhere and we're trying to make up for it. Maybe we're trying to make up for our 20s, make up for our 30s, maybe make up for our 40s. And then those in their 20s are making up for the lack of what they got in their teens. You know, and it happens to the best of us. To where uh, we feel as though we failed at. Something. But here's one thing I I want to express to you. Failure is not something that's negative because we all are going to fail. We all are going to fail at growing. And what I mean by growing, growing something. Sometimes you fail at growing your kids. Sometimes you fail at growing your business. You fail at growing your salary. You fail in sometimes in your faith because there are situations that come that test your faith. We already talked about that. There are many different things that we fail at as we go through life. We fail at. But the benefit is or should I say the difference between in failing and feeling like as though you're a failure is knowing that, hey, this didn't work. I'll try it. So I'll try it a different way or this didn't work. Let me gain some more knowledge and try it again in a different avenue or try to get some more experience and maybe try that thing. But feeling as though like you're a failure is you end up um, parking yourself in that failure mindset. You park there. You pull up the emergency brake. You put that joker in park and take out the keys. That means you're not going anywhere. Whereas when you know you failed, you may be there for a hot second, but the car is in neutral or it's in drive and you just got your foot on the gas and you're at a red light. Because you failed, but you're still willing to move forward. Failure uh, sucks everything out of you when you feel like that. And then when you feel like you're a failure, you dive into a bunch of other areas. As I stated, there's there's depression, there's anger, there's there's buying, there's um, an exorbitant amount of uh, uh, attitude, there's anxiety there. There's all kinds of things that happen. And then you, it, it's that woe is me. Woe is me. Have pity on me, everybody. And that's not what you want to do. There's nothing wrong with messing up. There's nothing wrong with it. It happens. Sometimes things don't work. They don't work the first time, the second time, or maybe the third time. Sometimes the sixth time, it just doesn't work. But it's not how many times you fail it's how many times you get back up and try again. We're all going to fall. Failure is uh, failing. is nothing but a fall. It's a trip. It's a stumble. It didn't work. You tried it based upon the knowledge you had. Or maybe you didn't go into it with enough energy or enough drive, maybe enough determination, or you went into something with the wrong motives. And all of us fail at something in life. We all do. I failed many times in life. And sometimes I've had to ask myself, but why do I feel like such a failure? It happens. You go through situations in your life and you and you begin to question, who am I? George, who am I? Lionel, who am I? Jeff, who am I? You're asking yourself, who am I? especially when you're in private times behind closed doors, your boys aren't around, your significant others not around, your children aren't around and you failed at something and you end up in this, man, I'm a failure. And failing at something does not make you a failure. Failure is cyclic. Failure is constantly failing at everything you do because you can care less how it turns out. You just don't have any drive. You have no determination. You have no goal. You don't have any type of mindset. You don't have a a, a drive for achievements. You don't have um, any drive to be better. And in that case, if you have no drive, I'm here to let you know you, you can start back up the car again. But don't stay in a failure mindset. Because it's the failure mindset that'll keep you stagnant. And you know what happens when water is stagnant? It begins to stink. There ends up being a lot of things around this water when it's stagnant water. The water becomes dirty and icky and sticky and gooey and all those different things. And that water becomes completely undrinkable, unusable. And in your life, you never want to stay stagnant in your life. Don't stay stagnant in, at failing at something. Say, hey, I failed. Maybe I can bring somebody alongside to help me, to show me maybe where did I fall or maybe you can pray about it. Ask for that type of direction. You can read, you can Google, you can YouTube. There's so many resources now at our disposals that we can use to help us move forward in the things we need to move forward in. It doesn't matter if you're trying to restore a car. Do an audio system, maybe hanging TVs in your home, growing your marriage growing your children, growing your faith. There's always room for improvement. And when we fail at something, don't get failure confused with failing at something or I failed. We can all grow. Doesn't matter how old or how young you are. But the most important thing is to stay away from the failure mindset now. Because when that failure mindset seeps in, you start questioning your then, not just who you are, you begin to question your existence. And when you begin to question your existence, you start questioning, then why am I here? And then you start questioning why I'm here. You then start figuring out a way to take yourself out. And that's the last thing we as men need is more men trying to take themselves out. People always find ways that that they call themselves or consider themselves failures because they lost at the stock market. They've lost everything. The 401k is gone. The life insurance policy is gone. Social security is gone. They've taken your home. They've taken your house. They've taken your car. uh, You've been evicted. um, You're now homeless. There's all kinds of reasons people come up for why they feel as though they're a failure. Maybe your health is not what it should be. That doesn't make you a failure. Maybe your family life's not what it should be. Your money's not what it should be. Your living situation, maybe not what it should be. Maybe you're in your 50s and you figure that I should be a lot further than I am now. I've wasted too much of my life on some stuff that I thought was important, now it's not important. And I realize I made some mistakes. That's what it's called. We made some mistakes. That don't mean we're failures. Because <clears throat> if you look over the course of your life, look at all the things that you've done right. How many people you've affected. Maybe how many people you've grown. Maybe how many people you've built. Maybe the, the, um, you went to somebody to go help them pick out their wedding gown. Maybe you were a, a, a matron of honor in a wedding. Maybe you supported someone in their funeral. Maybe you ministered to somebody. Maybe you encouraged somebody. Maybe when somebody felt like giving up, you were the person alongside saying it's not worth it. So now here's somebody coming alongside you right now to tell you, you can go on. You can move forward. Life is not over. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. It's not over. You're just going through a testing period. You're going through a trial. You're just going through a situation. And on the other side of this, it's called winning. Right now, you're going through your grinding season. <clears throat> and as I've said before, this is a, a generation of the right now society. Even with the implementation of the internet and fast things happening. Growing and being a billionaire and a millionaire, successful and whatever, whatever you consider being a success is not just overnight. Yes, it's a lot faster than what it used to be, but it's not overnight. Anybody you've seen who have grown, who has built, um, who has um, um, developed and become like influencers and all that kind of stuff because they were on, as we say, the backside of the mountain when nobody knew who they are, were, I should say. When nobody knew who they were, they were behind the scenes grinding. For maybe three years, four years, five years. There's a gentleman right now that I know he goes by the name of MKBHD. Check him out on YouTube. This gentleman, I watched him in 2009. I believe that was his first video in 2009 on YouTube when YouTube wasn't what youtube is today and everybody i remember when youtube came out just like podcasts, just like a bunch of different social sites came out and a lot of people were like "Eh, this stuff is stupid why why waste your time why do this and that and the other and many of you right now going to the same youtube to learn how to replace a window how to work on your car how to change the locks how to cook how to get recipes. Maybe you're watching somebody's life story on YouTube. So anyway, back in 2009, I was watching this young man and I saw him and all he did was talk about this little computer that he had gotten. Now it is 2020, 10 years, 11 years basically later. This guy has over 10 million subscribers and growing. He's considered basically number one when it comes to anything dealing with tech. Everybody goes to this guy. He's interviewed the who's who of people. It doesn't matter if they're a basketball player, Elon Musk. It doesn't matter. He's talked to everybody. CEOs from Microsoft, all that. But where did he start? He grinded. There are other people, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, who have grinded. You look at K- Kylie Jenner, who has grinded. She put her mind on business. Yes, she grew on Instagram, but her business, she reached out. She focused on what was important. It takes time, people, to build. It takes time to success. It takes time to be able to sit at the table and eat the fruit and the meat of what you've put out there for three months, for three years, for 13 years, whatever that is. It takes time to be able to reap the fruits of your labor. Everybody doesn't win the first time out. The second time out, the third time out, fourth time out. For some people, it works strictly because somebody has come alongside them to show them the ropes of how to win. But we have to have it's a grind attitude. We got to grind. You have to grind in everything that you do because failure is not an option. Failing will, because you will fail. There is a failing that happens. In every man's life, at things, at situations, at relationships, failing happens. It's very rare that your first girlfriend becomes your wife. It's very rare that the first car you buy is the same car you die with. You go through and you you go through changes. You're not the same person at 19 that you're going to be at 39, that you're going to be at 59, that you're going to be at 70 reason why because we come through and we um, go through experiences with people through networking through life experiences and we realize sometimes what we thought we, was important as a young man are not so important as an old man or what we thought wasn't important as a young man we find out when we're older it should have been important i heard a saying that somebody once say that old fools were once young fools And what we don't want to do is wait till the end of our life. I think we have time to completely start over. And what I mean is start over naturally spiritually. Now we don't need to go there because as long as you have breath in your life, you can always start over spiritually now, but your natural man doesn't have the strength that your younger man had. You understand now, but the mind Is always working. The mind is always thinking, but the body doesn't always correspond to what the mind's trying to tell it to do. I find myself many times I have gone and watched my sons play basketball or watch them do things. And my mind's telling my track star young man, man, go out there and go handle it. Go ahead and go kill him. But my body's going, nah, bro, don't embarrass yourself because uh, you're not what you used to be. Because we go through this metamorphosis from young to a little bit older, to a little bit older, and our body's not getting younger. We go to a point to where we max out in our strength. And sometimes even in our minds, it happens because things happen both uh, uh, naturally, mentally in our minds, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But in all these facets, it doesn't make you a failure. Problems don't make you a failure. Failure is a mindset and failure. Then once it becomes a mindset, it turns into a lifestyle. Don't get stuck in failureism. I don't even know if that's even a word, but I just made a, don't get stuck in there because the house you tried to build on failure won't last. The car you try to build on failure won't last. The relationships you build on the mindset and lifestyle of failure will not last, but what's on the other side of failure. Promise, goals, expectation. Because man, I I I can't count how many times I failed at something. So, and the reason I'm gonna tell you, I'll tell you this story. I I told in one of the earlier uh, episodes where, you know, I had a I had a Mustang and a Z. So, so I was in working on my Z one time, and I think this was during the time when I had just had wrecked it. So I wrecked it and decided to repair it. So I repaired it and that's when, you know, I, and I think that's in that episode uh, called the curb and I, re- I wrecked it on the curb. Okay. So I end up fixing it you know, I, it sat for like 30 days and what have you End up fixing it, get it back in the road. But with fixing it, you know, um, being a young man, we tend to, uh, I don't know if you do it as an old man, but sometimes I find myself and I have to slow down. But as a young man, we get through the point to where we see the finish line and then we don't um, stay on track. And what I mean by staying on track, the stuff that should be important, all of a sudden is not important because we are almost done. You understand what I'm saying? So for a car guy, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Anybody who's into restoring vehicles knows the amount of time, patience, and how the, uh, the eyesight you have to have. You have to have the uh, tenacity to make sure that everything you're doing is top-notch when you're restoring a vehicle. And you cannot take shortcuts. Your welds have to be just so. Your sanding has to be just so. Just a little rough, just a little ripple when it's time to paint that car will mess it up. And you, have to, you just have to have this tenacity to where you're like, I'm staying on course everything's got to be top notch because all it takes is that last moment you say, you know what, I'm almost done. So I'm just going to leave that corner right there alone. I'm not going to be saying that. I'm just going to paint it and call it done. Just that little thing that you decide to cheat on, that little defect, by the time that thing is painted over, magnifies, right? It shows exactly the type of caliber. And then you don't want somebody to look at it and go, man, why'd they cheat right here in this corner? Well, I'm probably not going to go to this shop Or have them do any work for me because if they're going to cheat on this car, what makes you think they're going to do the same thing? You understand what I'm going with this? So I was close to the finish line. I'm fixing my car. And again, I'm not restoring the car. I'm just trying to get it back to driving again. So I am, um, I just finished doing the suspension work on the uh, driver's side front because all of that was smashed. It was all broken. Had to get a new leaf spring. I mean, not leaf spring, a coil, a new uh, sway bar. All that had to be completely replaced, including the axles. But I, I didn't have any wheels. So I was loaned some wheels. Um, and then I ended up making a deal for them for some other wheels that I had that wouldn't fit my car, but they would fit that other person's. Neither say. So I got the wheels and they ended up being mine. And I figured, you know, I could just use my old lug nuts now for the car guys they're just be like you idiot okay so again uh 19 years old so just bear with me so i figured you know i just use my same lug nuts because it's the same boat pattern same such such shame and again i'm not thinking about the way the wheels made because you have different type of lug nuts and and i'm only going to say this there is cone and then there's conical I think there's a couple more. But for my car, you either had the conical seat, which is where the nut on the inside sits inside the rim. Okay, so you either have the cone or the conical. So I used my existing lug nuts and put these rims on and I was getting ready to drive down the freeway. And as I'm driving down the freeway, because I thought I was, you know, just going to get something to eat. And again, I was relaxing. I was just cool. And I thought to myself, say, you know what? I'm glad I finally got my car fixed. I don't have to rely on anybody anymore. About time, man. Thank God, you know. And I am in the second to the fast lane. I'm probably doing roughly about 75 going down the freeway. And I feel a wobbling on the car in the front. And I'm like, that don't feel right. Now, the reason why I felt it, I noticed it, because I was always taught from my father. Now, you guys have heard the episodes about my father, okay? So uh there was no half doing anything with my father, you know, when it came to doing stuff with the car. You know, you just don't half do it. So I felt this wobbling and my inner voice, you know, saying, all right, you need to pull over. So I back off the throttle, made sure the other lanes are clear. And I start flashing and I start getting over to the right. Now, as I start moving over to the right, I got in the slow lane. All of a sudden, the wobble was so bad. And I mean, the whole left front of the car just fell down to the freeway. Did you hear what I said? Literally fell down on the freeway. By this time, I'm probably doing about 55 miles an hour. It fell down to the freeway and I felt this, I heard a smack. And I looked and my front was dragging on the ground. Meanwhile, I watched the wheel that was supposed to be on my car basically gave me a birdie and said, you can slow down if you want to, but I'm gonna keep going down the freeway. And I watched that wheel keep on rolling down the freeway. I finally was able to drag the car over because it was still coasting, dragging, sparks flying like crazy on the freeway. And I was able to get into the emergency lane. And as I came to a complete stop in the emergency lane, I got out and I kept looking through the front of the windshield, and the wheel's just gone. I mean, it's still rolling. I'm watching it roll until it rolled till I couldn't see it anymore. I mean, it pretty much stayed on the freeway. I got out the car and I looked and I said, "Oh my God!" And the fender that I just put on the car to replace the messed up fender that I just um that i had wrecked you know on that curb that had now has a dent in it because you know when it smacked on the ground the wheel pushed up into the fender put a nice little dent in it but then the rotor for the brakes because it was it dragged on the ground the whole time the whole rotor was completely flat on the bottom literally flat it had grinded all the way down to what was probably about about three inches away from the hub. And I, but then I thought to myself, and I'm just going to tell you the truth. I said, first of all, I said, I'm going to be honest. I said, Lord, I thank you because in all honesty, it could have been worse. There were some cars on the freeway, but not that many. It was broad daylight, but again, there was not that many cars on the freeway. When my car fell, I know a car whizzed by me. And then some other cars came around me on my left side while I was trying to get over on my right. And there was no accident. So that was a blessing. But my thought process behind, I was like, dang, I failed at this. Man, I don't understand what happened. And I don't understand. I don't understand. I I was questioning myself like crazy as a 19 year old man, young man, I should say. And it bothered me to no end because I was trying to find out what was it that I did? so while i stood out there waited um uh was it i think it was caltrans <laughs> it's weird <laughs> oh man so caltrans um came and they pulled over in front of me and they pulled over in the front and he, he saw my car on on the floor you know on the freeway he said uh did your wheel fall off? And I said, yeah. He's like, are you serious? And you're okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Anything else happen? Just this dent on your fender, huh? I'm like, oh, he's like, ooh, look at that rotor. That thing is jacked up. You know how it is when you just go, you know, stuff is jacked up, but people want to remind you how bad your junk is jacked up. So let's just talk about that for a minute. If you're under the sound of my voice and you know somebody that's going through a rough time and you're trying to tell them how bad they jacked up, you're wrong. If you're trying to tell them how messed up their life is, you are wrong. They have enough to deal with. Then you reminding them how much they messed up in their life. I'm going to stop right there. So this guy is telling me, man, dang, that rotor is jacked up. And I was just looking at him. him. Now, mind you, I was 19. I was going through a fill myself time period in my life. And I'm not going to tell you what I really want to tell him at that age, but it wasn't anything positive. But then he said, All right, um, so which way did the wheel go? I said, pointing to the freeway. I said, Down the freeway. He goes, Are you serious? He goes, It's not like right over here somewhere. I said, No, it rolled all the way down the freeway. He's like, He goes, I don't think it went that far. That's all right. He goes, Well I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go look for it. I said, Oh man, thanks a lot. Now mind you, I wanted to tell him where to go and how to get there and then maybe pimp slap him too. But because I shut my mouth, because I had the right attitude externally. My internal attitude was like pinging, but my external attitude was like, you know, you better chill, right? And he was willing to do something for me. So I think he was gone, man, maybe 15 minutes or so. So while he was gone, somebody else pulled over on the freeway because they they knew me. And they were willing to take me home and so on and so forth. So, but before I left the freeway scene, the Caltrans guy came back and he said, you would never believe where this wheel was. I said, was it, where was it? He said, it went about another mile. It stayed in, he goes, it looked like it followed the lanes of the freeway and it was, At such and such exit, which honestly was a mile and a quarter away. I'm not going to lie. When I tell people about that, they just they just die laughing. I'm like, this will was just like, you know, forget y'all. I'm out. So the guy ended up taking me home and uh, ended up getting a a jack. And then I had to go get some more lug nuts because now all the lug nuts is probably somewhere on the freeway somewhere. Right. So I had to go get some more lug nuts and all that. And I had to get a four way. And what was weird was because I left my four-way wrench at home. And because of my father, I was always taught to make sure you keep tools in the car because you never know what you're going to come up against. A fire, uh, electrical something, which usually is a fire extinguisher. But something goes out, Your starter, you know, the old cheat. You make you want to make sure you have a long screwdriver so that way you can touch those two screws to start the battery. If, in fact, the starter messes up, you know, just the old tricks. Um, have wrenches, have Sockets and pliers, and you know, things that like. always have something in your car just in case you run out of, you know, so at least you can try to attempt to repair something or fix it, and at least until you get to where you need to go or emergency or get off the freeway or something. So, I get to the house, grab a jack, grab my four way, and then I grab some more lugs, and then I come back to the freeway. So, I jack the car up, um, put the wheel on. Now, mind you. I knew it was going to be out of balance because of the rotor, right? Again, remember, I knew that for me slowing down, I'd have to use my emergency brake. Again, Z's rear-wheel drive, downshifting and using that emergency brake. So that's how I was going to slow down until I got it back home. You know, sorry, I did not have uh, AAA towing and all that kind of stuff during that time. Uh, you know, those were during the times that, at, what was that, I would say when I was uh, 19, 18, 17, 16 years old. Those were the days when, in order to drive, you didn't have to have insurance. You just need to make sure your car was registered and uh, you had a valid license. Okay, so those were those days, right? So I finally get the car going. Started up, starts a fine, starts going. I'm looking for the next exit so I can get off. And as I'm getting off the exit, I feel a wobbling. So automatically I'm having flashbacks. So I'm already off the exit. I pull over to the side of the road, get in the emergency lane and I get out immediately. Full way in hand. And I go right to the lugs, tight, 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 tight. And it was weird because I was feeling a wobbling, but the lugs were tight. I'm like, what the heck? Didn't get it. So, again, I took the back streets home because I really wasn't that far away from the house. So I the back streets home, and I could still feel a wobbling. So every about a mile or two, I was stopping just to check the lugs. And they were still to stay tight. Again, flashbacks. And it's amazing how you can have a failure, a, a, a failed attempt at something. Or something set you back, and you, and because of previous failed attempts, because of, of having failed times in your life, because of bad a bad relationship, it, it it seems as though you always go through this. This reminds me of what was. This reminds. Me. So I was going through this because I'm reminded of what just happened. I just had an issue, and it feels like it's going to be an issue again. And I'm like, so what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So I keep stopping about every mile trying to get home just to make sure those lug nuts were tight. Then it got to the point where I would stop like every couple of miles, whatever, just to see. And then I realized that I think I'm good, but I'm 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 heading home. I still head home. I'm hungry, but I head home. I know I need gas, but I head home because I knew if I can get home, where is your home? What I mean is, Where is the place in your life that gives you peace or satisfaction or comfort? What do you consider home? I'm not talking about the roof now. I use the roof because that's where my home was. That's where I needed to get my problem to. I needed to get to the security place where I know I can work on it. But where is your home? Where is your home when you're going through all these failed attempts and you're hitting all these stop signs and you're hitting all these red lights? I can't count how many times that I was hoping for a green light in on the way home and I hit all these red lights. I'm like, God, man, why can't all these lights just hit be green so I could just get on home faster? Well, I can just get home because if I can just get home, I have time. I can fix it. I can park it. I don't have to worry about somebody else hitting it. I don't have to worry about somebody uh, doing this. I don't have to worry about something else breaking. If it's at home, I can now at home, take it completely apart. I can investigate it at home. And many times in our life, we're trying to investigate things as we go through the discourses of life. And sometimes we need to be able to find a place to take our problems home. What is that home? What is that piece in your life to where you can investigate some of the failed attempts, some of those red lights. Where is that home in your life? So for me, I'm getting home. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm coming down the street, coming down the street, last house to the right. I get down, I pull in the driveway. And once I pull in the driveway, I pull that emergency brake. I'm like, thank God I'm home. But then now it wasn't a, well, well, I guess I'll just go in the house. I will go have dinner. I'll go do this and this and this and that and blah, 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 blah. Now it's what happened. Why did this not work? Why are these tight and still wobbling? Though I understand the rotor because the imbalance, the wheels could be balanced, but the rotor was out of balance because it didn't have all the metal like it should. So I kind of chalked it up to thinking that it was a rotor problem. But though it was a rotor problem, that wasn't all the problem. The original problem stemmed from the fact that I shortchanged myself because I saw the finish line. And I never inspected the seat inside the rims to make sure it was the same type of seat that the lugs fit into. If I remember correctly, my lugs were cone type lugs. But the rims had a conical set. So when you throw a, a cone inside a conical, conical is wider, not as deep the cones are a little bit narrower and deeper. So what happened was only the tip of the cone was hitting the seat of the conical in the middle of the lug. right. You know, lug right on the outside. So it was like barely touching. And then come to find out the, because of the lugs I was using with that type of rim, it meant that it was less metal in the rim, which means that the lug itself, the lug nut, was hitting the tip of the lug. So the lug itself, the bolt, was hitting the tip of the lug nut, causing it to ride just above the rim, not completely seated like it should be. And I shortchanged myself because I saw the finish line and I was so ready to cross it and get going that I cheated myself. And in cheating myself, it cost more money to fix the problem than it would have if I would have just taken the time to do my proper investigation and make sure it all worked out. So, yeah, I failed. And many times, if you don't take the time to investigate and go through some of the things that you're going through and try to hurt and just take the quick way out, you will find yourself further back than where you were if you would have just addressed things, taken the time. Maybe hit the reset button and do it the right way. It's amazing when you see the finish line, you get excited. Oh, There's light at the end of the tunnel. I see the light. I can see it now. You know, forget it. I don't need the flashlight anymore. I can just take off and all of a sudden right before the finish line, right before you see the full uh, beam of light, you trip over, fall on your face because you didn't see that thing that was sticking up in the ground because you're so focused on the finish line. That you missed putting that time in, that honest time, that integrity, that time into your marriage, that time into your relationship, that time when you're trying to do that Excel spreadsheet for your job, the time spent with your kids, your children, maybe time, quality time spent with your parents. Because really, we're just going over. You yeah, know, I just want to see how you doing. Everything good. All right, I'm out. But then next week. When something, uh, when something tragic happens, then you wished that you would have spent quality time with people. And then you go through what is called resentment because you're not resenting them, you're resenting yourself. And anytime we run through these obstacles because we cheat ourselves, we go through what is called resentment where we resent ourselves and then we go into that we are a failure or you consider yourselves a failure. And then you park your trailer there. That is not a place that you should ever be. And the reason why I told you that story of the will, because there is a will of life that we are all on. All of us, we're all on this will of life. And if you don't make sure that the proper lugs, the proper bolt matches up to that proper will, you're going to find your will of life imbalanced you're gonna find that will of life or your will of life wobbly, unstable, unsteady. And you never want to be in that predicament because you decide to put the wrong bolt on the right wheel. The will of life is what that is. What you match up to that will of life, that's up to you. But it's very important that you take the time in everything you do to make sure that there's a positive outcome. We do understand life happens. It dishes us so many curveballs and sliders like crazy. Something you Sometimes you think you're going for the five and out pass and life dishes you a long ball. And you're like, what the heck was that? It happens. But understand this. Failing the plan is an automatic plan to fail. When you plan things all of a sudden, at least you have something to look at. I hear people talk about vision boards and things of that sort. At least if this is their goal, whether it's the house, whether it's the car, whether it's education, whether it's a a job, whether it's retirement, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's family, children, whatever that is in their vision board. At least they have something that they can look forward to attaining. But when you have nothing in front of you, you have nothing to measure yourself by. At least when you have something in front of you. You can honestly say, here's where I am, but there's where I want to be. So what am I going to do now to try to get there? We know obstacles will come. Life happens. Emergencies happen. Layoffs happen. Got it. Look at the pandemic. It's happening. It's hitting everybody from the upper echelon to those in the ghetto. It doesn't even matter. It's hitting everybody. There's no big eyes and little U's dealing with this. It's just an all how you it. Failure is not an option. Don't consider yourself a failure. You are better than you think you are. And just know that this is not your end. This is just a place that you're at. It's just a place. But it's not how many times you fall down. It's not how many times you trip. It's not how many red lights are there. It's how many green lights you actually go through. Because when the green, when it goes from red to green, you have a responsibility to step on that pedal, foot on the gas. How you respond to that? That is clearly up to you. My question is, what are you going to do? About? I'm Sean, your host, and I'm dealing with. It. Stay tuned for the next episode. Hold on. See you again.